Jeff Burnham. And we're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And this is a special episode. From one of our patrons. Well, that's true, too. This uh, this episode was suggested by one of our patrons, Chris Beaversign. So it's special for that reason. But it's special for another reason. Because it is another Dracula movie, but it's called different because it's from a different language. Okay, yeah, there's that, too. But there's another reason. Because it's Dracula. (laughs) Nope. Guess what, Alistair? Yes. As of this episode, the podcast will have been around for one year. Yep. Oh, yep. You knew that? Just kidding. (laughs) So news to you, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we recorded our very first episode a year ago yesterday. Yep. And when this episode posts, I'm going to post it one year to the day after episode number one, Dracula. That's right. Dracula. One year after Dracula. Dracula one year after Dracula. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's funny, too, because here we are. We're doing 1922's Nosferatu, as Alistair insinuated. This is the film by F.W. Murnau. German silent cinema master F.W. Murnau, yep. who also made a film called Sunrise that is an absolute classic, as well as uh, The Last Laugh, which, if you haven't seen it, is impressive because it's a silent film that tells its story with no dialogue. Until right at the very end, you get some on-screen text. But until then, no text. It's just all action and acting. But yeah, so we're doing 1922's Nosferatu. Yep. And as Alistair pointed out, it is basically Dracula again. And we actually started yesterday watching a really weird version of Nosferatu. Yeah. When we, then, we like, Daddy, feel it was weird to him when we first tried it. Yeah, and it was weird for a very particular reason. The version that is on Amazon, like Amazon Prime free viewing of Nosferatu, all the names have been changed to Dracula character names. But Nosferatu is its own story. Yeah. And so instead of calling him Count Orlok, they called him Dracula. Instead of Hutter, you had Jonathan. Instead of Ellen, you had Mina. And that's not Nosferatu. Nosferatu is its own story. It just happens to be a very blatant knockoff of Dracula. Yeah. They look different. Yeah, they look different. The stories are subtly different. And Nosferatu has superpowers. He runs super fast. And he can, like, teleport to places. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of powers. We'll talk about those yeah. for sure. Yeah. But we ended up switching over to the version that I know, the one yeah. I've seen most, which is the color-tinted version. Yeah, the one that the has colors are, like, the parts of the day. Yeah, that's, that's tinted like, to indicate nighttime, daylight, the, candlelight. The day is, like, yellowish-oranges, and then when the... 
Sun is coming up. It's pink. When the sun is up, it's a yellowish orangey. And when the sun is going down, it's pink. When it's nighttime, it's blue. Yeah, so that you can keep track of what time of day it is. And this、yeah. is the version that has the title card reading Nosferatu: A Symphony of Horror. So if you want to watch the version that we're talking about, that's the one, and you can find that on YouTube. Yeah, you can find that on YouTube. And that's the one and, that's also. And it's the whole entire movie too. Yeah, exactly. It's well, it's、movie. public domain, meaning、yeah. that the public owns the rights to the movie Nosferatu. Yeah. Like you could make a DVD, Alistair. You could make a DVD of the movie Nosferatu and release it. Yeah. Because it's it's in the public domain. We own the rights.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, yeah, check that one out. That's the one that I am most familiar with. Yeah. And it's, it's not colorized. Let's let's note that that as Al pointed out, it's just the entire image is tinted one color, which was a very common practice in the silent film era.、Mm-hmm. And this is also a silent film. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? It was made in 1922. Uh huh. 1922 is silent films, and for the parts of the day is colors in 19. But what's important about silent film? That. You know what it's saying, cause it has like notes after it to、yeah. say what they said. Those are called intertitles. Yeah, intertitles. And and the Nosferatu movies have like some have like one sentence longer. Remember when the guy is walking, when the main character is walking. Hutter. Hutter. Oh yeah, when Hutter is walking down the street. And the other guy comes, like in the one you don't know has one more clock. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because different versions of the film have different intertitles. Yeah, they have different intertitles. Different translations, because this、yeah. was a German film as well. So originally,、yeah. those intertitle cards would have had German language on them, so we wouldn't be able to read it because we don't read German. Yeah. But that's what they do instead of talking. Yeah. Right. Because this is a silent film, and this isn't your first silent film either. No, it isn't. It isn't my first silent film. That's right. And do you remember what other ones you've seen? No. Well, you have at least seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame. You don't remember that, but I have a video of you when you were two years old, walking around the apartment imitating Quasimodo. Remember that? Yeah, I showed、they、you showed the, video. Me the video. <laughs> and you're walking around, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And you go, "I'm Quasimodo, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> so that one made an impression for、yeah. sure. Other than that, you've seen Phantom of the Opera because you asked to watch、oh, yeah, one of the、right. old. You wanted to watch an old monster movie, and I gave you the option of a silent film. Or a talkie, and you pick the silent version of Phantom of the Opera because I was going to have us watch, I think, the Claude Rains Universal one, and you chose the silent one instead, which was a good choice because that movie's so good. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how do you feel about silent films? You've seen a few, not a ton, but how do you feel about them? I like them. Do like silence. Some don't have the notes. Some do.、Mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera does not. Have any of those notes? Actually, it did, but it's such a well-told story that you probably don't remember them because、mm-hmm. you kind of don't need them. Yeah, because like the story basically explains 
what they're talking. Yeah, exactly. You see on screen the characters acting in such a way that you understand their relationships. Yeah. And that you understand what they're trying to do. If you've watched it and you haven't watched it in a long time, you probably forget because it's a so well-told story that like you basically don't need the parts that tell you what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, basically you don't even need. Do you feel that's the same way with Nosferatu? Do you think the story's told well enough that you don't need the intertitles, or do those prove to be necessary? Given that we have some complicated narrative about a plague and realty and stuff like that. Mm, really? Yes, I think you need them. At least some of them, probably. Yeah, some of them, because like with the book in the movie, like all the pages, you don't know what they're saying. Oh, sure. When he's reading like the book on witchcraft and demons and vampires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's important too. Because... And when he goes to the thief and ghost town. Oh yeah, <laughs> when he's going to Transylvania. Yeah. That's a good point because the intertitles create a lot of the spookiness. We're told that things are spooky or creepy. Yeah. Creepy's used a lot in the Symphony of Horror uh, version. Yeah. And. We're told that Transylvania is a land of thieves and ghosts. Yeah. And then we're told the werewolf is prowling the forest. Yeah. And then we see a wolf creature. But if we weren't told it was a werewolf, we'd just be like, why did we cut to this random dog creature? Yeah. So we need to know. We need to know that stuff in order like, to, for it to set the mood. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I like you that. Basically, like, you need, like, the parts in when he goes to... Thieves in Ghost Town. Transylvania. You, yeah, when he goes to Transylvania, you need those titles because, like, there's lots of stuff happening. Nosferatu comes up in there. Yeah, there's he, a lot of ins, a lot of outs once he like, gets to Transylvania. He, he's disguised oh, as a yeah, human, yeah. but, like, I said, that's Nosferatu. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, immediately. Yeah, his disguise doesn't work very well because no. he's very goofy looking. Yeah. Or creepy looking. Yeah. Which do you think, goofy or creepy? Creepy. I think he's creepy too, but he's got kind of a lumpy head and big ears and <laughs> big nose, right? Yeah. And he's very distinctive. Yes. So his <laughs> disguise never works. His disguise, it would never work. No, it would not. He never. couldn't disguise himself as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Another reason the intertitles are necessary is because in 1922, not everybody knew what a vampire was. I think we take it for granted that vampires are very common in popular culture nowadays. Yeah. And if I had asked you before seeing Dracula, how do you kill a vampire, what would you have said? Wood. Wood? Where do you put that wood? And it's heart? Exactly. We yeah. know this stuff. Yeah. Right? And so if you watch... we're monster fans. Well, we're monster fans. And also just in popular culture, people know this now. Yeah. So when you watch a film like Dracula, you watch a film like Nosferatu or um, uh, Dreyer's Vampire, we have to be told a lot about the vampires in order to ensure that... They what a vampire. White. Yeah. In order to ensure that we know the right things. Because yeah. otherwise... It wouldn't make a lot of sense when you get to the end of Nosferatu and he dies. You'd just be like, what happened there? Yeah, like sunlight and wood and tide will both work. 
yeah, you need to know these things in order for the movie to make sense. Yeah. And you don't have to tell audiences that nowadays. If you tell an audience that's a vampire, they know sunlight, they know wooden stake through the heart, probably garlic, something like that. Yeah, garlic. But back then, 1922, audiences wouldn't necessarily have known. And there's still things about this movie that are pretty cryptic to popular audiences today because there are elements of Nosferatu that haven't carried over. Do you remember what Nosferatu translates as? No. Plague carrier. Well, it's plague because there's rats that have plague the barrier. Yeah, he's got these plague rats too. When he comes to the city from Transylvania, he brings with him a plague. So not only does the city have to worry about a vampire, they also have to worry about a plague. Plague rats. And plague rats that help spread the plague. Yeah. And you can also see at the end... That they're killing their dead family members. Yeah, and the plague uh, has killed a lot of people in the city. It's like, there's like a line, then a line across, and that's where all the plague got the people. Oh, yeah, when they make the cross on the doors. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like... And they put those on the doors. Stones. Yeah, yeah, like a crucifix. Yeah. And they do that on the doors to indicate that there's somebody inside with a plague. And when Orlock, Count Orlock, who is our Nosferatu... When he comes to the city, he brings with him this plague. He carries it, his rats that come with him carry it, and the dirt inside his coffin, we're told, contains the Black Death. Yeah. So the plague is in him, it's part of him, and it's something that he just spreads. Yeah. So, what else do you want to talk about with Nosferatu? Because I've got plenty of things, I want to, but I want to pick your brain. Well, we start... With this girl and her. The, yeah, like, that was, uh, they are married. Yeah. I do believe. And after that, like, this guy goes to the shop. Like, Nosferatu is there, Count Orlock. He's At there. the castle. Yeah. And he goes to ghosts and thieves that it's called. That we were talking Transylvania. about. Transylvania. Yeah. That we were talking about for a long time. Well, do you remember why he goes to Transylvania? Because he needs to find Count Orlock a big and deserted house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's going there to sell him a house. I mean a castle. Orlock already has a castle, but he wants a house in the city. But he doesn't know why, because there's so much people and so much blood. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly, Orlock doesn't have many people around to... Uh, get blood from in Transylvania. Yeah. They stay far away from him, actually. And also, Nock is our... Nock is Hutter's boss. Yeah, because Nock is our... Renfield? Yeah, Nock is our Renfield. Yeah, he's the Renfield of the Nosferatu story. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird to me, because he becomes a Renfield without ever having met... Count Orlock. Yeah. He gets letters from Count Orlock, and all I can figure is that somehow the letters entrance him. Also, Count Orlock does read paper. Yeah, yeah. And it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> when the guy is like eating and he looks over and like Nosferatu is like looking and reading paper, it's super <laughs> funny. I know. <laughs> you cracked up. 
As soon as they panned over or cut to Orlock reading a letter, you just cracked up. Because <laughs> it is. And I didn't. I mean, he has to read a paper because, of course, he has to read about the house and stuff, right? So yeah. it makes sense. And I understand why but it's there. But I guess I didn't think about how goofy it looked until you started laughing. Because he's got the really long nails and he's really hunched over and he's like lumpy headed with the big ears. And it's super funny. To see him, like, looking and reading paper with that costume on. <laughs> Again, he's got the big, like, uh, sort of a trapezoidal or pentagon-shaped hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's super funny to watch him, like, with that suit on, with the big ears and his two teeth. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about his teeth. How are his teeth different from what you expect from a vampire's teeth? Because... Uh, he has two? Well, vampires usually have two teeth there on the top, yeah. right? But they're, like, far apart, right? But his are... His are right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. He has two teeth right in the middle instead of the fangs spread apart where, like, the canines are. They're right in the middle. His two front teeth are big, pointy, as you called them... What? Mosquito what? teeth. Yeah. Because, like... Later, it's super funny, but it's natural to him, because he says, your wife has a beautiful neck. <laughs> yeah, he does say that, and that is natural for him. That's yeah. true. I mean, he would. Well, as soon as Did Hutter he... cuts his finger, what does he do? Drink it. Yeah, he starts like, like going after him with his wiggly long fingers. <laughs> he wants to drink his blood, and he's like, the precious blood. Yeah. Stuff that's not natural to humans is natural to him. Yeah. yeah well, like, he's supernatural. Yeah. And he is a very funny looking when he has that suit on. Yeah. Like, he's like, when he looks at him, he's like, looking yeah, mad I, looking. I agree. He is far spookier looking without his costumes, without yeah. his, like, driver costume or his count costume. Yeah. And we'll call that the count costume when he's got, like, his pentagon hat on yeah but when he's just walking around looking to drink blood and stuff he's pretty spooky looking yeah it's super funny when he does stuff but is it funny when he shows up to hutter's room at night to drink his blood no like when like he has the bald head and like the long fingernails and his shadow is popping up yeah and it's like he drinks his blood using his shadow yeah basically because his shadow is actually really powerful he can yeah. kind of take a shadow form he can and he can sort of phase through walls even yeah and he is super fast yeah why don't you talk about his powers what kind of powers do you see him using because he uses a lot yeah he has lots of powers like at the beginning when you first see he goes out with his costume on into the forest like he appears in the castle he's like Basically, he's, like, mad face looking yeah, for, like, yeah. the almost whole entire movie. Well, yeah, he doesn't look very happy ever. No, no. <laughs> I don't think he's capable of that. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. He's on the, the carriage. It looks He's disguised weird. as the coach driver. Yeah. And then the coach bolts off into the forest. And then suddenly, he's inside the castle waiting for Hutter. So he kind of teleports. It's super weird. Because, like... You don't know, you think he's just going somewhere else, and immediately appears right there inside the castle. Okay, so we've got 
Maybe teleportation. Yeah. We've got super speed. Or maybe he uses his super speed to go super Or, yeah, or he can, or maybe he's not teleporting. Well, he, remember he walks through that door, though, when he's carrying his coffin later on. He does disappear. He dissolves through the door. Maybe he is some kind of ghost. Well, well, he's undead. So, you know, he's basically... Uh, a not, spirit? Yeah, he can take on some kind of spirit form in addition to his shadow form. Yeah, because, like, he is very creepy when he's sneaking in his shadow. It's, like, on his tippy toes, like, scary walking with his... Yeah, and like, we see just um, his shadows, like, going up the stairs. Yeah, he's on his tippy toe walking with his long hands out, like... Al's doing a flawless uh, Nosferatu impression right now, yeah, it should be noted. has, like, claws-looking hands when he's sneaking in his shadow mode. He's on his tippy toes, like, sneaky-walking with yeah. claws hands. Yeah, super so, freaky. spirit mode, shadow mode, super speed, some kind mm. of teleportation, maybe. Yeah, maybe a teleportation. Super strength. Yes. Because remember, how does he walk with that coffin? On his side. Yeah, like, like a like a football. No, not like a football. Like a I don't know, like a rolled up carpet or something. Like yeah. it's nothing. It's nothing. It's like no. Yeah, just problem. under his arm. Yeah. It's, it's like no nothing is any problem. Like for a sleeping him. bag. He's yeah. carrying it like a sleeping bag. Yeah. There we go. It's like no problem for him. Yeah. No problem to carry it. And he also. Can make things move without touching them. Yeah, he can. So he's got some kind of telekinetic powers or something yeah. too, and he carries the plague. Yeah, he does. He's one tough dude. Yeah, and he looks funny when he's dying at the end, like he's holding his arm and he's up and he's like dissolving. Oh yeah, yeah. in the end when he turns to smoke. Yeah, basically, he's like. He's holding his hand, his hand up, and like from his head all the way down to his toes, dissolving. Yeah, they okay. do like a, a sort of a fade down of yeah, his like, body. But it's super slow, like from his head all the way down. Yeah, in modern movies, he would kind of burst into flames. But in this, he dissolves and just turns into smoke. Yeah, and then everybody's happy. Yeah, well, no, not everybody's happy, though. What happens to Ellen? Ellen? Hutter's wife. What does she have to do to kill Count Orlock and stop the plague? You have to make Count Orlock forget that the sun is going to come up. Uh-huh. And how does she have to do that? Capture... Nock? No. Well, they do capture Nock. You're right. That happens. It happens at the same time, but she doesn't do that. But what does... She has to let Orlock do something. Oh, she has to give him her blood without asking. Yeah, she has to offer up her blood to him in order to, as you pointed out, make him forget that the sun is about to come up. And the only way you can make him forget about the sun is to get him drinking blood. Yeah. And so what happens to her then? She dies. Yeah. So that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Orlock is drinking her blood. The sun comes up. He turns to smoke like yeah. we talked about. Mm-hmm. And the end of the movie is she dies. Yeah. That's 
not a happy ending. No. I mean, Orlok's no. defeated, but, you know, she had to die to do it. Yeah, she had to die to make him die. Yeah, she sacrifices herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Somebody bummer. Somebody else could have done it, but Maybe. she read the book. She yeah, had that's to true. do it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. She's the only one who, other than Hutter, she is the only one who read the book. And so she's the only one who knows other than Hutter. And clearly Hutter hasn't done it. Hutter (laughs) could have done it, I guess. But But he didn't want to die. But he didn't want to die. But Ellen was willing to sacrifice herself. Yeah, Yeah. So she's the hero of the movie. Yeah. That's called a selfless act. A selfless act is when you do something for others that in no way benefits you. And may, in fact, benefit means do you any good, right? And it may, in fact, do you harm. And in Ellen's case, this is a selfless act because she has to die in order for everyone else to be saved. So it's an act that she does for everybody but herself. Because she's, like, saving everyone except herself because she has to die to make the other... To make the vampire die? Yeah, you got it. That's a selfless act. A selfish act would be to do something that only benefits you. And maybe doesn't do any good for anybody else. Like, a selfish act would be if you were out trick-or-treating. And you go up to a house and you say trick-or-treat and they hold out the bowl. And instead of taking one candy, you take the whole bowl. Then there's no candy for anybody else. That's selfish. So selfless and selfish. I got it. So what do you have to say about the movie, Dad? Uh, We covered all of my notes, actually. I just looked through our notes. We covered everything we wrote down except for a couple things that I was thinking about for Beastly Best and Get Spooked. Like what? Well, we can't do those yet. We're not in those segments. Yeah. So, what are we going to do now? It's your show, dude. No, it's all both of our shows. Because it's our show because you're a host and I'm a host. Oh, things have changed over the last year. Because <laughs> a year ago, everybody, you go back and listen to that first episode. Alistair tells me, Dad... This is my podcast. I came up with it. (laughs) It's my podcast, not yours. (laughs) You're right, I did. But you were four, and I guess you've learned a lot. You've learned some selflessness. Okay. It's time for Beastly Best. I think you're right. Alistair, what is the coolest monster moment in this movie? My coolest part is when, like... The werewolf is, like, walking around the forest, and, like, the other horses run away. Yeah, that werewolf is pretty cool. It's some kind of... I don't know what it is, exactly. Yeah, I guess I could have look looked like it up. Werewolf. It's not, like, a wolf, per se. It's some kind of, I don't know, jackal or kind of hyena-looking. I don't know what it is. It's really like, cool-looking, though. Jack... Wolf. A jack like, wolf? Yeah, a jack-a-wolf? Not like, a jack... And a wolf, and like a... So like the movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson, where he turns yeah. into a wolf. Yeah. A jack wolf. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's basically what it looks yeah. like. 
He's like a like a spader wolf. <laughs> You'll get these references someday, I think. Okay. <laughs> so yours is the werewolf. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the moment where I think we both turned to each other and we're like, "This movie's serious, man. It is yeah. full of monsters and stuff. It's full of monsters." Because we got Count Orlock, who's a yeah. vampire, yeah. who's also a plague carrier, because he's a Nosferatu. Yeah. We got those plague rats, arguably also monsters in and of themselves. You got a Renfield. You got a werewolf. He is a man. He is a monster because he eats bugs. <laughs> yeah, he Some does. Some monster eats bugs. We also have ghosts. They talk about ghosts. Yeah. Because yeah. because Nosferatu is a ghost. Yeah, he's ghost-like. Yeah, because he can go through things. Yeah, so a lot of monster stuff going on in here. And I'm glad you picked the werewolf. I think that is cool as well. So, time to get spooked. I didn't do my beastly best. Okay, fine, yours. <laughs> okay. Fine, fine. Uh, mine would have to be where he's loading up the cart with his coffins. Oh, and yeah. he's using his super speed. Yeah, it's like... Go super fast. And I then think he that's puts really the cool. coffin on top. Yeah. And then, like, his helpers are, like, dragging him. It's like the top. He's in it. Oh, yeah. Later. Yeah. Definitely. Like, but remember when he gets that other coffin up top, he climb. gets up into it. And then the top of the coffin, like, moves on its own up on top of the coffin so that he is encased in it. Yeah, and, and it, so it like moves on its own. So that's a cool. That's a cool and it, thing. It like closes on him, and like yeah. his other helpers like are pulling him. I think it's time to get spooked. Oh, oh man! With such intensity, I'm already spooked. So my spookiest part is when the guy looks in the door and like Nosferatu is like awake, and he's like. Like, oh, when he goes into Hutter's room? When the guy opens the door and, like, he's in the castle and, like, Nosferatu is standing there and, like, he's in his not, like, person. Yeah, you're talking about Hutter, though, right? Hutter opens the door? Yeah, yeah, that's the scene that I'm talking about when he ends up going into Hutter's room and drinking his blood. He's, he's just standing there doing nothing, like, looking yeah. super scary at him. And, like, he runs away and hides and, like... But yeah, that reveal like a, in the hallway is really spooky. He's a ghost, and he goes through the stuff. Well, he's got some... I don't know that he's a ghost, but he definitely has the ability to go through things. And, like, but, he goes through something, I guess? Well, he or? goes... He. What happens is Hutter opens the door, like you talk mm -hmm. about, and there's this great reveal that down at, like, the end of the hall or in the other side of this other room is Orlock just yeah. waiting creepily. Just standing there in the dark. And it's real spooky. And then Hutter runs away and hides. And then Orlock comes in to drink his blood. Yeah. It's real unsettling. Yeah, it is. Some of the shots are spooky. Like the other ones are. And, the, uh, and they really make sense to go together. To make one scene. Oh, so you're saying that scene has like a cohesive spookiness. Yeah, because like the other Parts of the scene make sense to go sure. together. So it doesn't have any scene. funny stuff in that scene. No. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So your spookiest moment 
is the beginning of the scene, but the rest of the scene is just as spooky as that early spook. Yeah, so like the whole entire scene is uh, my spookiest part of the movie. Okay, I buy that. The whole entire scene of it. Okay. So, Dad, what's your spookiest moment? Mine is on the ship. Because, of course, Orlok and his coffins are taken on the ship. And very similar to what happened in Dracula, if you've seen the, you know, any version of Dracula, it's the same thing. There's the ship, and he's on the ship, and it becomes a ghost ship, and everybody dies on the ship before it reaches harbor yeah and we actually get to watch what happens on the ship in nosferatu and who i believe is the uh second in command on the ship goes down into the holding area the hold and determines to kill orlock yeah right because everybody else on the ship is dying or gone it's just him and the captain and he goes down there and he's like i'm gonna kill this vampire right and he takes an axe and he starts chopping up the coffins and then plague rats and plague rats come pouring out and then yeah. what happens is Orlock's coffin is opened yeah and he stands up without bending any part of his body he's laying down in his coffin and without standing up he just goes from laying to standing just in a straight arc but like super slow like like rigid he's rigid laying down and he's... then he ends up standing up without bending anything yeah yeah. He just floats up. Like a ghost would. Kind of like a ghost, sure. Using one of his powers. And that standing up from laying down, that moment, that's spooky to me. Like, that's and the part that's always spooked me. And then he's, like, going super slow. You start to see his face coming up. It's just super spooky. Yeah. There's a lot of great spooky yeah. stuff in this movie. Yeah. And also you said... They're like at the beach, there's lots of dead people. You oh, said. man, that is a weird thing. That's a weird That's thing. Let's do said. some monstrous minutia right here for that. <laughs> for that alone. Because <laughs> Ellen is sitting on a beach wishing that Hutter would come home. And there's all kinds of tombstones on the beach. Like yeah. right next to her bench. She's sitting on this bench surrounded by tombstones looking out at the sea. Yeah. That's weird. weird. I mean, like... I I don't doubt that that is something that's happened in places where yeah. you can look down on a beach from a graveyard. But, you know, she's like <laughs> sitting in a graveyard waiting for him. That's pretty yeah. weird. Yeah. It's like she's just sitting. She just doesn't worry. She's like, whatever. <laughs> like with the gravestones. She doesn't like look at the gravestones at all. Yeah, no, she doesn't seem perturbed by this. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to realize the... uh Amount that she is likely jinxing Hutter's trip by waiting for him in a graveyard. Beach. It's basically a graveyard, but it's a beach. Yeah. And it's a graveyard. A, a graveyard. Grave, a grave beach. No, a bee grave. <laughs> a beachetary? Yeah, a beachetary. A semiteach? Hmm. We'll have to work on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alistair, Nosferatu. 1922. Would you recommend this movie? Yes. Why? Because it's basically like Dracula, but it's a way different story. And he has superpowers, and Dracula doesn't have superpowers. Well, Dracula does too, just he doesn't use quite so many. And he does have so many superpowers. Yeah, he, he has a lot. 
which movie do you think is better? And it's honestly, and I'll, I'll tell our listeners here, it's been since our first episode, since Al has watched Dracula. I think Dracula is better because in Nosferatu, like, the guy that works with him, like, eats none bogs in the movie. I'm with you there. 100% Renfield is way better than but, Knock. Yeah, because, like, Knock is our Renfield, but... He, like, likes bugs, but he never eats bugs. Oh, Knock doesn't eat bugs. Yeah. Yeah, he pretends. It's weird because this is something I noticed this time watching it. Knock will catch a bug with his left hand and then put his right fingers in his mouth without, like, putting the, like, bug from one hand to the other. It's very strange. Like, he's pretending to catch a bug and then he pretends to eat a bug with the wrong hand. Yeah. So it, it's like he doesn't eat bugs. Yeah. We're told he does, but... He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not as good as Renfield. No. Absolutely. No. Do you think Orlock... He says, spiders. And he, yeah, like, yeah, pretends to grab the spiders. Yeah. Just puts the wrong hand in his mouth. And he also doesn't have that... Uh, he also doesn't get to be on the ship like Renfield was. Remember the scene in Dracula where they open up the ship and yeah. everybody's dead? Except for Renfield underneath. And he's going... <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, no. that's spooky. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when he eats the bug, he goes, <laughs> He's a good Renfield. Yeah. Now, do you think Dracula or Orlock is the better vampire? Bella Lugosi's Dracula or Max Shrek's Count Orlock? Which one do you prefer? I prefer... Um, it's tough. Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why? Let me let me ask you that. Why? Cause there's a lot of spooky moments, and like he has the coffins all over the place, and he has like horse. he has a pet armadillo. Yeah. <laughs> but and what do you like about his character more than you like Count Orlock? Because Dracula has lots of Draculas. He has, like, wives. Oh, okay. wives. So he makes other vampires. Orlok doesn't. We don't really get any other vampires from Orlok. No, because... He's a loner, and somehow Nock becomes his servant. But we don't get other vampires created. No, because, like, they kill people. Yeah, yeah. Everybody who he attacks, except for Hutter, basically dies. They get the plague or something. But yeah, he's not creating other vampires. I buy that. Dracula can create more vampires. We don't know that Orlok can. Because, like, he kills people. Yeah, they just die. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. And I was going to say... And, like, Thother, they both die. Cause Hutter the, doesn't die. He falls off a mountain. Oh, he does fall off a mountain, but he lives. Yeah, but... They're married, and the girl that he's married to dies. Yeah, she dies. She definitely does, instead of turning into a vampire. See, I was going to say that I thought you might like Dracula more than Orlok, because Dracula's kind of charming. Orlok is just a monster, whereas Dracula's a monster who is also seemingly a really nice and cool guy. Yeah, and he makes other Draculas. And he makes other Draculas, but and I appreciate that that's... That's your perspective. He wants because... to, like, make everyone a Dracula. Yeah, because to me that makes sense. Because when I was a kid, all I wanted was the most monsters you could cram into a movie. Yeah. And you're not going to get that with Nosferatu. You get that with Dracula because he's got more vampires that he's created. He's got, created. like, 
two women diddies made Draculas? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, anything else to say about Nosferatu? No. Alistair? Yep. Happy one-year anniversary of Cadavercast. That's nice, Daddy. Thank you. You are welcome, my man. Before we sign out here, I also want to thank everybody who's supported us. Uh, We've made a lot of friends with a lot of podcasts, a lot of people around the world. Yeah. I want to thank all of you for helping us out and supporting us, all of our listeners, our patrons who are helping make this possible. We're also getting money put back towards Al's College Fund, which if you support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash word salad, that supports the podcast and supports Alistair's future fund, as we're calling it. Yeah. His college fund, which is awesome. You know, I mean, to to find people out there who enjoy the show enough and appreciate what we do enough to, you know, help us out a little bit. I mean, that's... That's amazing to me. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, it's amazing. How do you feel about it now, one year on? I feel super great. Yeah? Are you proud of what you've done? Yeah, very proud. You really should be, man. You've done amazing things this year, and I look forward to at least another year doing this. Yep. I mean, heck, I'd keep doing it <laughs> forever, frankly. <laughs> yeah! There's a lot of monster movies out there. Yep. Well... Thank you, everybody who supported us. Thank you to our patrons in particular. It means the world to us. That's right. means the world. If you want to keep in touch with us, stay informed about what we're doing here at CadaverCast. Look us up on social media. We're most active on Twitter, which is at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook, too, where we're also quite active. Uh, And you can send us longer messages at cadavercast, which is one word. And you can send us an email, if you would rather, at cadavercast at gmail.com, which is also one word. You've been listening to Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. Thank you for listening. For the last year. We love ya. That we absolutely do. Thanks. Your wife has a beautiful neck.